Welcome to Rethink Your Rules with Jenny Hobbs, MD, a fresh perspective on relationships, success, and happiness for high-achieving moms. Hey there, it's Jenny. Welcome back to another episode of Rethink Your Rules. It is the end of Taylor Swift week here in Seattle. Yes, our mayor actually did do an official proclamation making last week Taylor Swift week because she was here for two shows of her heiress to her concert. So amazing. I was fortunate enough to get to go. My husband did all the work to deal with Ticketmaster and delays and rescheduling and online queues and all the things that happened with that to get us tickets and got childcare. So we had an amazing date night going to Taylor Swift. And I was kind of inspired by that, and so I'm going to be pulling up an episode from one of my prior eras <laughs> uh, from February 2020, so my pre-Rethink Your Rules era and my really pre-COVID era, um, and this is an episode on imposter syndrome, and I wanted to bring this one back because I have legitimately had people tell me that this episode changed their life. That was some of the feedback I received from it, just this perspective shift. And I know it's kind of buried back there now that I've had so many episodes recorded. So I wanted to be sure that you could easily access it. And I hope that it will be what you need to hear as well. I do want to say a couple of things first, though. So first of all, you know, imposter syndrome, like so many things, also has its own backlash now. So I don't know if you've heard about this, but um, the idea of imposter syndrome, as I'll talk about on the the episode that I'm re-releasing here, is this idea that even though you have some outward signs of success, you still feel like you're not good enough, like people are going to find out that you're a fraud and things like that. And there is a bit of a backlash because the thought is that women often get given this, you know, diagnosis, quote unquote, of imposter syndrome from like a boss or a colleague or they self-diagnose it. And it sort of implies that there's like a problem with you or a pathology with the person themselves. Like they just need to get over their imposter syndrome. Like the problem is all you. And I think that's a valid criticism because of course, the reason that we have imposter syndrome is largely because of the way society pushes back on us and treats us differently and all this systemic bias and implicit bias and, you know, about especially for women of color and things like that. And so I do think that a lot of this is something we come by, honestly, they were sort of handed by society and incur- and it's like they tell you to not have imposter syndrome, but then it's a little hard to fight back against a system that keeps telling you you're not good enough. That said, I think the way that we fix this is by addressing both the internal factors and mindset shifts that need to happen and the external problems that are in the workplace and in society in general. It's like so many things, right? It's not black or white. It's not all internal. It's not all external. It's a mix. And I don't believe that we should blame or judge women or pathologize women for these thoughts of imposter syndrome, which are not exclusive only to women, right? They're just more common in women. Um, And maybe we shouldn't even call it imposter syndrome. One of the articles I read kind of talked about this idea of maybe we should call it imposter phenomenon, right? Or something like that, because it's not really a syndrome. So I don't think that we should blame women for that. And I do think we should change the system. But realistically speaking, the best way we're going to change the system is going to require more women overcoming these thoughts and getting into those rooms and being able to speak out and 
be strong leaders and withstand that backlash and have influence and have impact, right? And change things. It's not like we're going to just be able to continue to point out that the system's flawed and expect other people to change us, change it, right? So from a place of like, no, nothing's wrong with me or wrong with any of us, how can we do a better job of interacting in this system so that we can be successful, so that we can have the impact that we want to have and we can also have a domino effect that also helps impact other women, right? So I just wanted to say all that because I do think the concepts I talked about here in dealing with these imposter syndrome thoughts, um, I think the concept is still really, really important. And that is not to detract from the fact that there are other bigger picture reasons why this is happening. And sometimes just recognizing that it makes sense that you feel this way because this is what society has done and, and taught you. Sometimes that alone can be really freeing because you realize that those thoughts are not about you, but they're something that you know, you can learn to separate yourself from, right? So take a listen with that in mind. This is how we work on ourselves, not to take away responsibility from the bigger picture. And I will also put a couple of the articles about this in the show notes so you can read other people's opinions and thoughts too if you're interested. And then the other thing I wanted to say before I play this episode from my pre-Rethink Your Rules era is to think about how Taylor Swift is actually a really good example of what I'm talking about in this episode. You know, when she first put out her debut album, I think it was 2006, and at that point she had a more country sound, and then she kind of later transitioned into pop. And if you think about it, at any point along the way, she could have thought, you know, why would I even, what do I even have to say, right? There's already been all of these successful women in country music, Faith Hill, there's been successful women in pop music, right? Like Beyonce was already really successful at that time. There'd been artists like Britney Spears, Madonna, you know, there's a long list of people, the Dixie Chicks, there've been so many artists already out there having really huge success. And I'm sure at any point along the way, she could have thought, and probably people told her, well, people don't want, you know, to hear your kind of music, um, or you can't make this transition to pop, it's not going to work, right? And in fact, we know that Kanye did literally interrupt her in 2009 when she was getting her award for her video to point out that he thought Beyonce deserved it, basically, right? And even after all that stuff with Kanye, there's a whole lot of drama that happened, but there were times where, you know, Taylor Swift was putting out music and albums and people were, you know, saying they canceled her and calling her, you know, a snake and all these things. And it's interesting because now in retrospect, a lot of the truth has come out about that. And she was sort of given a lot of hate that she really didn't deserve. Um, and I'll put an article because this is all just celebrity drama. But my point, but you know, don't miss the point, which is that she had something to say. She was speaking and writing music from her heart that was true to her, and she wanted to put it out there to connect with people. In fact, she even said this at the concert last night. She said, like, what I do is I go through something, and I the way I cope with it is I write about it, and then I put it out there to see, like, hey, this is how I feel. Does anyone else feel this way too, right? And now we can see with her popularity, a lot of people feel that way, and a lot of people relate and resonate and are inspired by what she's writing. But none of us would have been able to benefit from that and feel heard and and feel like we aren't alone if she hadn't been able to overcome those thoughts and worries of maybe she wasn't good enough and even outright being judged and canceled and you know, called called names and all those things that she went through. And honestly, I didn't follow all that drama at the time, but 
uh, I can, I'll post one of the articles I read today just before I recorded this to make sure I didn't say anything that was totally incorrect. But um, the article is interesting because it just kind of goes back to some interviews and the things that she was experiencing during that time that I think none of us who were busy working and living our normal lives really would have thought about because she was just quietly going through it. Um, and what's interesting is that she basically ended up doing the three things that I'm going to talk about in this podcast from the past, <laughs> blast from the past, which were going, getting out of your head and getting into your heart and speaking from your heart. Uh, that's the first one. The second one, stop comparing yourself to others. And the third one is taking action. And if you look at what she's done since that time, you know, she literally said, I just wrote what I felt and put it out there for people to connect with, right? And that takes guts and courage. And she obviously had to not compare herself to Beyonce or, you know, Britney Spears or whoever else was, or Faith Hill, right? And she had to create her own sound um, and create a unique thing that we maybe didn't know we needed, right? But obviously people do, judging by her success. And then she had to take action. So, you know, she was being called a snake uh, in the public media. And then she created her reputation album and literally used the snake as part of the imagery of that album, right? She went ahead and took action and and put that out there into the world. It's a great album, right? And then she was supposed to go on tour for her next album for Lover right when the pandemic started. So her tour got canceled and she sat down and started coping with the feelings of being in the pandemic, which we all can relate to, right? She started coping with that disappointment and isolation and everything else by writing music. And she wrote this album, Folklore, which then spoke to so many people and was a completely different sound than ever before, but was so genius and perfect for the time that we were all in, right? Again, so she got into her heart of how she was feeling, put it into words, took action, and put it out there for us to experience during the pandemic. And course, we're not all Taylor Swift, and this is a specific example. So it's not to say that all of us just do these three things, and then the world, you know, accepts us eventually, and we make millions of dollars or whatever, right? But my point is that the world wasn't going to just change for her and and see the truth, right? Because now a lot of the truth of all these things have come out, and she's been, a lot of her previous work has now been appreciated more. But that wasn't going to happen if she hadn't done these three things that I talk about in this episode to continue putting that work out there. And so it's kind of like a prerequisite to the world changing is, you know, taking those, taking action and making these mindset shifts. And the interesting thing is that when someone does do that and they are lucky enough for the world to recognize it, like in her case, now the art and the work that she's doing has the ability actually to change more of the society and external forces and to inspire all of us to put ourselves out there more, right? So it has a ripple effect. So we might as well do our best to do these things while we try to keep gaining momentum on the bigger picture, right? Okay. Well, I hope that you enjoyed this little blast from the past and I hope that you have an amazing week and I will talk with you next week. I am so excited to talk with you today. Okay. That's not true. I'm not that excited to talk about imposter syndrome simply because I have a little bit of imposter syndrome about talking about imposter syndrome, if that makes sense. I definitely do not think this is something that I have fully figured out. However, um, it's something I'm working on and it's something I've been reading about and I'm developing some habits and mindset shifts to try to do better in this area. And I also know that so many of the high achieving women that I'm friends with, you know, doctors, 
really, you know, nurse educators, really amazing people struggle with feelings of inadequacy and imposter syndrome as well. So I wanted to start sharing what I've been learning, even though I haven't completely figured it out yet. And in case you haven't noticed, pretty much everything I talk about here is something that I myself have struggled with and worked through. And I definitely don't think I have any of this stuff figured out. I'm just constantly working each day to get a little bit better in these areas. So I want you to follow along and do the same and we'll all work on getting better together, right? So let's dive in. Okay, so first of all, let's talk about what imposter syndrome is. So it's been defined as a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persist in spite of evident success. I believe that definition is from Amy Cuddy, who is a uh, lecturer at Harvard. And so these are you know, feelings that you have that you maybe don't belong, that you're not as smart as another person, that you don't have as much to offer that is unique, that you are um, a fraud, even though outwardly you look like you're successful, even though outwardly you've got the titles and outwardly you appear confident and like you have it all together. And studies show that the majority of us do struggle with imposter syndrome at least some of the time. So that's the first thing to know is that if you feel this way, you are not alone. No matter how great everyone's social media looks these days and how much everyone puts their best foot forward in meetings and you know in their work, most of us do have those moments. We just don't always hear about everyone else's moments of self-doubt and struggle. And so I think just first of all, recognizing that is really powerful. And not that we all have to share all of those moments when we doubt ourselves, but just recognizing that it's a normal feeling, I think can help a lot. Um, in fact, when I, a friend of mine recommended that I do this topic, I kind of laughed and I said, well, I shouldn't talk about that because I have imposter syndrome myself. How can I give people advice on imposter syndrome, right? And she said, I would never have guessed that about you. And isn't that funny, right? Here, I, this is one of my biggest struggles, and yet someone who interacts with me and follows me and all these things didn't know that that was kind of behind the scenes. And so that's part of why I want to do this video is to say, like, we all have this, and that's okay. Let's talk about some practical steps we can take to, to make our imposter syndrome, you know, less severe, less frequent, and help us take action in spite of it. So I have three tips that I think will help with this, and... I want to share those with you. Now, as I've been working on my own imposter syndrome and reading and learning, one of the really great resources I came across that I would recommend to you is a podcast by Amy Porterfield. Um, her podcast is titled Online Marketing Made Easy, and it's the episode from January 23rd, 2020, and it's all about imposter syndrome. It's so good. If you don't know Amy Porterfield, she delivers so much value in everything that she does. So I definitely recommend listening to the whole thing. But what I'm going to share with you now are some of my takeaways from what she had suggested in that podcast. So the first thing is to stop overthinking. Now, this one is hard for me. Um, the way Amy puts it is to get out of your head and get into your heart. When we spend too much time overthinking, you know, all the details of how we're not qualified, how someone else does it better, comparing ourselves, all those running thoughts going through our minds, she talks about how that's not serving us and that's not moving our business forward and that's not showing up as our true authentic selves, right? And it's sort of just like leaving you mired in your own head. And so she recommends when you have those feelings that of inadequacy that come up, thinking to yourself, is this true or are these just thoughts that are not serving me? So when you think, like she gave a great example 
of how she was going to be speaking at Rise Business Conference, which I actually attended, which was an amazing conference put on by Rachel Hollis. And she talked about how leading up to that, she was looking at the speaker lineup and it was so amazing. And she was thinking, I don't belong here, right? And she was kind of mired in those thoughts for a while. And she had to actively rephrase that and say, look, thinking that I don't belong here doing this is not serving me. And so she reframed it to, I do belong here. And she showed up and you know gave her talk and showed up as her own authentic self and spoke from the heart. And interesting, this is kind of meta side note here. I went to that conference and before I ever heard this podcast from Amy, I walked out of that conference and you know what I said? I said the number one speaker at that conference for me was Amy Porterfield. All those people she was comparing herself to and thinking she didn't belong in that lineup with them that she thought were so much better than she was. I didn't get as many practical, applicable tips for my business from anyone else as I did from Amy. She was my number one speaker. She immediately changed how I run my business. And I came away wanting to follow her and devour everything that she has to offer because I think she's so amazing. Now, if she had sat there overthinking how she did not belong and not producing that content from the heart, right? Um, not only would it have held her back from what she wanted to do and what she had on her heart to share, but she wouldn't have had an opportunity to make that impact on me. And I was a person that needed to hear what she had to say, right? And so the fact that she got past that and came and brought that information then, you know, had a domino effect in helping me improve my business and my mindset, right? So it's so important to ask yourself, are these things true or are they just thoughts that are not serving me? And I I wrote that down because I really want to work on that. And isn't that so cool, right? That she had that thought and yet she had such a great impact on me. And I I need to actually write her and tell her like, I think you were the best speaker there. So you never know who is waiting to hear what you have to say. And if you spend your time in your own head, then you're never going to be able to help those people. So the second thing you can do to combat imposter syndrome is to stop comparing yourself to others. And I know this is a daily struggle for me. It's a work in progress. I'm sure it is for you too. But at least the reminder that as soon as you notice yourself doing it, to to stop and reassess, okay? Because the thing about comparison is that not only is comparison the thief of joy, but it also steals your voice. It steals your authenticity. When you're spending so much time looking at what everyone else is doing, that is some that is taking away from your own unique perspective. And this is one reason I actually discussed this in my morning morning habit video. I'll, I'll link that in case you want to check it out. But this is one reason that I don't check my email, check my social media for the first hour of every day, because I truly feel like I need that time to get my own voice. And so if you're feeling like you're falling into comparison and imposter syndrome, try taking away all that noise out there and just being with yourself for one hour a day. Scribble down. Some people do what's called morning pages where they just write down the thoughts that come out of their head, no matter what they are, uncensored each morning, just to get in touch with their own unique voice. Um, do whatever you need to do, but spend that time in the morning, um, that one hour a day. That works well for me. Amy Porterfield talked about taking like a weekend and unplugging from everything and all social media and thinking about what you want to do in your business and getting your thoughts together, kind of same idea implemented differently. But comparison, getting away from that so you're not comparing yourself to everyone else and getting your own unique voice is really, really key because the fact is, um, as she says in the podcast, there are no truly new ideas. Like, isn't that freeing? I thought, oh, wow. Um, There's no 
brand new idea. There's just different ideas that we've heard and we are all assimilating and putting together in different ways and different words and different formats and different, you know, um, voices. And so I thought that was so freeing when she said that, because I look around and I see all these women who are amazing doctors and coaches, and they're saying these things. And I think, well, I don't want to try to put a course together on that topic because that girl's already doing it, or that woman's already doing it, or that guy's already doing it. Um, I'll just be saying the same things they're saying. Isn't that like kind of not really unique, but here's what she said. Nothing is unique. They're all, all those people are just taking ideas from other sources and putting them in their own voice. And different people hear things differently, um, depending who is speaking, right? We all connect with different people. And if we're showing up as our authentic self, the right people are going to connect with that. And as she said, as Amy said in her podcast, someone out there needs to hear this idea from you in your voice with your unique spin. There's always someone out there that needs to hear it from you, not from somebody else. And I thought that is so freeing, right? Like what is my unique spin on these ideas that I've been assimilating and journaling and writing about? And what am I thinking about in my first morning of the day? Um, how I'm kind of pulling everything together. So Stop comparing yourself. Just remember that what you have to say and the way that you are saying it is what is valuable. You are what is unique about your content. You bring that. Um, Another example she gave was like her dog, right? She's like, my dog looks like thousands of other Labradors in the world, but my dog is uniquely my dog because of his personality and the way that he does these different, you know, quirky things, right? And she loves him for those quirks. Um, It's the way he is a Labradoodle that she loves, not the fact that there's lots of other dogs that look just like him, right? So you are what is unique about your content. Take that time away from comparing yourself to everyone else and worry about your own voice and what you have to say and the way that you put it together and trust that people will respond to your own authentic uh, perspective. Okay, the third thing you can do to overcome your imposter syndrome is to take action. I've spoken about this before. Action leads to motivation. Action leads to confidence. So if you take the actions that align with the goal that you want to achieve, with the role that you are in or that you want to be in, that you're feeling like an imposter about, if you take the actions, like little tiny steps that fit with that role or fit with that goal, um, that is going to be evidence to yourself that you are qualified, that you do belong there, that you do have something unique to offer. Okay, so you've got to start putting yourself out there and taking those steps. They don't necessarily have to be big steps, but you need to give your brain some evidence that you can do this and that you are in this role, okay? So um, what actions you take? Well, it depends on what role it is you feel like an imposter in, right? So if you're doing an online business, you need to make the video or make the podcast or write the blog post or write the post on social media or reach out to some prospects and ask them if they want to work with you. Hit send on those messages you're scared to send. For me, I struggle with sometimes just like returning the emails or opening emails from people that I'm intimidated by. And I will sit there in inaction feeling like an imposter because I think they're going to see right through me and not opening that email. Well, me sitting there in that inaction is just giving my brain further proof that I am an imposter, right? But when I overcome that and open the email and just respond to it, right? And when I sit here and do this video for you about imposter syndrome, even though I feel a little bit less than qualified, that gives my brain a little bit more evidence that I am what I say I am. And that doesn't even get into the fact that doing those things then um, helps you find your own unique voice and find people who respond to it. So once you put those things out there, people who respond to your own authentic self come back to you, and then you can be empowered to be more of your authentic self and keep showing up that way, right? So 
I know that's a ton of info. If you really want to get into taking action um, and you do an online business, again, I would refer you back to Amy's podcast because it gave a ton of practical tips. Uh, and whatever field you're in, you know, I would definitely look for the experts in that field to figure out what actions to take. But remember, they don't have to be huge. Even a tiny little action can give you that boost of confidence that you need and that little motivation boost to do the next thing and the next thing, and it builds on itself. So I hope that you found these tips helpful. Um, let me know if you also struggle with imposter syndrome, um, if you found any strategies that work well for you for overcoming it, um, or if you're going to adopt any of these, which again, get out of your head and get into your heart. Stop overthinking it. Stop comparing yourself to others because you are what is unique about your content. There's no new ideas. It's okay. Take a little time, you know, get away from social media and outside influences and find your own voice and take action. So those are my best tips. I'm going to work on those myself. I will keep you posted on how it goes. And maybe I'll do a follow-up later if I think of some more uh, great tips for you on this really difficult topic. I hope you have a great week and I will see you back here next time. Thanks for listening to Rethink Your Rules with Jenny Hobbs, MD. Would you like to learn more about how to apply this to your own life through personalized coaching with Jenny? Visit us on the web at JennyHobbsMD.com to schedule a free consultation. If you found value in what you heard today, please consider subscribing to the podcast and giving us a five-star rating so we can reach even more women like you.